I wrote this down. Camera flips. Not sure why. (laughs) Yes, that's the scene. Captain's Pod, Stardate 8156.23.1. Welcome aboard the Starship's Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of cinema sins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, she's on a five-year mission to embarrass me. It's Ambassador Delay. Okay, so it's been five. So when did I first meet you? How many days left until I've reached this goal? And it's been, been 84 years. I think you have three years left. Possibly, Shit, possibly less. Time. I've never embarrassed you yet. And joining us, he's the pilot that took over 50 years to get a series order. It's Commodore Dicer. Oh, hello. I just wanted you to weigh in on that. Do you think Danae has embarrassed me in the last two and a half years? Ian, I'm not sure you're embarrassable. Mmm, that's a good experiment that I don't want to do. (laughs) That sounds like a terrible thing. Let's find all the... Oh, okay, so Danae is now holding up the Derpa Prize. Is that embarrassing to you, though? (sighs) No, it's really not. It should be. <laughs> you would think. But as Chandler says, I'm fresh out. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, you'd think the Derpa Prize would embarrass me, but that was not my fault. That was your oven. <laughs> yes. Broke that my ship. The oven's fault. It overcooked my, my ship and made one of mine ourselves wonky. Anyway, moving on. Ah, we're going to do straight <laughs> anybody... season two. Yeah, there is now a dog. Does, does anybody hear the mm-hmm. dog sniffing the microphone right now? <laughs> I was going to edit that <laughs> out in post, but no, I'm just going to leave it in now. It... There Gracie's like very curious about the microphone. All right. There is a dog that is currently eating the ambassador's face. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I missed face. that the dog was there because I was looking elsewhere and mm-hmm. you said something about dogs. I immediately turned to look at mine wondering what <laughs> mine are doing because they're in the background just sleeping. Of they're fine. Okay. <laughs> Let's re engage my excitement. Season two of Strange New Worlds. Yay! Yay! Let's go. So we did our big old recap episode last week. We called it a recap. Really, we just kind of Googled some stuff about (laughs) season one as if we'd never, ever watched it. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. This week, episode one is called The Broken Circle. Will it be stranger? Will it be newer? Will it be worldlier? Yes. All of those things are what I'm hoping for. Ambassador, let's have one big prediction and one little prediction for what's going to happen in this episode. (laughs) Okay, quick question. Uh Season one of Picard. Yeah. Right? There was all these flashes happening of like this apocalyptic ending that needed to be stopped. Yeah. And there was a circle. Yeah. And it was like they all got in a circle and they touched the pylon things and then they saw the future and then they went crazy and then they just... Yeah. So obviously that's what this is about. Considering that Picard season... Picard itself denies the existence of season one i very much doubt that strangely worlds is going to be acknowledging it but i'm going to note it, it down but but you know what somebody somebody on the writing team was like that was some good fucking stuff it was. gotta get it back in here somehow some way and i can't remember the name of the organization that was involved in that but it well, was something it was pretty the, big can you guess it, it would go on throw some syllables at me shimbapalubadap you're close the shimblack close Sh- Closer. Shavesta. Further away. Free Shavakadu. <laughs> Free Shavakadu. The Zatvash. That was the organization created to prevent it. But was it like the happening or the... the? I hope it wasn't like the happening. No, because that's... That's, that's terrible. The exit. I don't know what the happening is. It was like the... It was some kind of AI apocalypse thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. No, can't remember what it's so called. That's, that's what's going to happen. Reckoning? Shimmering. Sugaring? <laughs> 
The Shimmer is in uh, Annihilation. Okay, no, it's probably not that then. Okay, that's your. So here's what's going to happen. They're going to regurgitate that story, but like back in TOS time. Nice. I I'm here for it. If we start bringing some Romulan, no, no, I won't be okay if we start bringing Romulans in because they're not here yet. Mm-hmm. They are, but then they shouldn't be. Okay, that's your big prediction. What's your little one? What's your oddly specific prediction? Oh, um, Pike will say hit it. Don't that. That is not oddly specific, but I'll accept it. <laughs> okay, I guess it's not odd. Pike. We'll say hit it, but he will point his pinky on accident. I would, that would be hilarious. I'm just trying something new. <laughs> he does a cup of tea, hit it. <laughs> yes. Hit it. It's hit it. As politely as you can. While if he is sipping a cup of coffee and that's when he says hit it, I will lose my shit. <laughs> okay, Commodore, your turn. Yeah. Give us a big overarching prediction for this episode and an oddly specific one. The overarching prediction is that I will be attracted to every single human on this ship. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to note that down as immediate boner. <laughs> the uh, the specific one is uh, I think we're due for a nice nostalgia shot of some sort. Uh, so I'm going to say Klingons. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Nostalgia shot of Klingons. Fascinating. Okay. With that, I'm I don't have any more preamble other than the six minutes we've just done. <laughs> so we've, we've presented without further comment. Unless we have anything else to cover, should we just head straight to the holodeck and watch episode one of season two? Hit it! Hit it! Three to beam out. I nearly just beamed two of us out. I nearly <laughs> left. Yeah, I, I'll just I stick wonder why you were hesitating. <laughs> what, nearly, what, like, what happened? I nearly left Aaron behind. I'll just be here, guys, sipping my tea. <laughs> Pinky out. Welcome to Ten Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the Red Player Porter Mat and share our thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched together and possibly reference the outtakes. Most important question first, Ambassador Nay, what would you like to eat slash drink? We're all drinking blood wine today. Boil the, the blood in our soul. Make the blood in our veins scream and shit. Let's do it. No. Aaron does not. Aaron does no, not. No, I want some oxygen. Uh, if I can just have a big old glass of oxygen. I just want some physics. That's all I want, people. Yeah. I want some physics that actually makes sense. Okay, we have just watched season one, episode... Dang it. Season two, episode <laughs> one, such a strange new world. The never-ending circle. Ambassador, before we get into the good stuff, synopsisize us. Okay, in this episode, Blonde <laughs> is stuck. Uh... Or is she? Does she have a question mark attached to her name? <laughs> like, La'an? La'an? That's what the apostrophe does in the it future. It was literally the first person that popped into my mind, so I'm just starting there. Yep. This episode's actually more about Spock and his confused boner, but we'll get back to that in a second. Today's episode, Lon is selling weapons to the Klingons. No one asks her about that later. <laughs> um, Spock has feelings that make him steal a ship and think... Dirty, dirty thoughts <laughs> yep, of yep. love. <laughs> I like Danae's synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like your synopsis, Aaron. She puts the sin in synopsis. Yep. D- does Starfleet know about all this? Probably not, because we're rebooting systems. But don't worry, that doesn't actually mean anything to the plot. Do you know Morse code? You're going to want to. <laughs> this epi- th- This season, this day, this episode of Strange New But Not Pikeness. Got it. Nailed it! I, that was that incredible. Was rude. That was rude. Now, now to now to translate from Danae to English, 
um, the, the crew of the Enterprise um, has to steal themselves so that they can rescue La'an and stop war breaking out between the Federation and oh, yeah, the, the Klingon, Klingon Empire. Yeah. Um, while Pike disappears to try and get somebody who's going to help free um, three, free number one and all of the references and stuff. And it was a tiny bit miserable. But first question, Ambassador. Immediate thoughts and feelings. No specifics. Gut instinct. You non-Vulcan Vulcan. How did you feel about the episode? Uh, well, the uh, how was Aaron right about seeing Klingons? That's the only thing that matters this entire thing. Did you see a preview? Did you? Nope. I don't fucking Nothing. care about this. Insane. The entire show, the entire Nothing. episode. Are you Insane. kidding me? Not a thing. Did not see a thing. Oh, what the heck? For everyone listening, I'm the only one that's watched the trailer. These two haven't. And I looked at him and I was just like, well, you've obviously seen the trailer and you're cheating. And I believe him. He hasn't. He I hasn't seen the trailer too. and he called the Klingons. That's insane. He, I, well, he, I, told Ian, I told Ian, because obviously when it happened, we talked about it a little bit during the show. But I told him, I said, like, I think I talked about this last year. I could not believe we didn't get Klingons last year. Like, it's just that one little thing that, that they were holding on to. And I was like, they just, they can't tantric that for too much longer. <laughs> Like they they're they're gonna give us the Klingons. So. I'm really proud that they didn't in season one because Discovery season one was very very Klingon heavy. All of Star Trek ever is fairly Klingon heavy. Yes, that's what I'm saying. But we couldn't get through episode one of season two <laughs> without mentioning them. And I have thoughts as as you would expect. But other than that unconscionably impression um, prediction, hey, that was good. Mm-hmm. Ambassador, what were your thoughts? Man, um, I was disappointed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. I've been trying to figure it out. There's a lot of things I was really excited about, and I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, okay, okay." I'm getting back into it. But there's something about not. <laughs> I'm such a butt. There's something about like not starting the episode with just like some fucking fun. <laughs> I was yes. ready to have some fun. Yeah, right. And this was just like everything is serious. War is impending. Right? You're going to fucking die. A lot of murder. A lot of like this chaos. We're beating the fuck out of people. Blah, blah, blah. It's all so fucking serious. I'm like, this feels like something that should be in the middle of the season. And I don't know, because sometimes you come out of the gate and that first episode usually gives you a little bit of an idea of what to expect. And I think it did. I oh, no, don't hope say that. Uh-huh. the entire season is not so serious, but it's maybe going to take like... We've got felt- an episode coming that I can't imagine will be serious. Like, I know we've got a crossover coming. Oh, that, yeah. That's At least one be will fun. be goofy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. You know how like when Disney will do a remake or like... Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Batman. The first time that they really kind of like... Not first time, but they took Batman and they and they did the the movie where it's like his origin story of how it got to be so serious. Batman Begins. So like Batman Chris Nolan took Chris it Nolan's real first world. Batman, yeah. Quote, yeah, unquote, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What if Batman so was real? You're watching it and you're like, this is a far cry from the animated series. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to a Burton's serious Batman place. <laughs> or the, you know, Adam West Batman, every Batman right. up until that point. Yeah. This was kind of like, Maybe in my mind, where Strange New Worlds what left off in season one. But the other one. shows are already doing this. Okay, yeah, Why okay, do we have to do okay, this? Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Uh-huh. It was no, kind of just like this you're sort good. of like fun oh, space. And then all of a sudden it turned into like this origin story seriousness. And I was like, oh no. I wanted, oh, I, I wanted to have some fun. I wanted to, you know. <laughs> I wanted to have some fun with the orphan who tragically lost his parents. It wasn't, it wasn't that I didn't. I, I liked it. It's just, I was, I wasn't prepared to have to face so many like, oh, this, this kind of brought my mood down a little bit today. Mm -hmm. 
And I wasn't prepared for that. I was prepared for something like, I don't know, adventurous in mm-hmm. a different way. In in a less war way. <laughs> <laughs> you mean war can't be fun? Uh, Commodore Dicer. Um, go for it. Give us your overall thoughts. Yeah, I mean... No, don't do this. Uh, I I have the pretty much the same exact uh, feelings as today. I I found myself bored at times. I found myself feeling like, why does this now feel like every single other sci-fi show of the last decade and a half? Like it's just they they the the magic was not in this episode for me. God bless Carol Kane for showing up with, with <laughs> without right. her. Like I like I I may have come out of this going maybe I'm off the show, guys. Like I, <laughs> oh, I just no. don't. Um, it's uh, look. I love these people. I love these characters. There's enough foundation from season one that I'm going to yeah. want to spend time with these characters. I mean, you you took one of the main ones away from me this episode, which is fine. I don't mind that. I don't mind like new crew combinations that he's gonna kind of die stuff. anyway um but uh, that's true he is on his way to dying um mm-hmm. but yeah i i i really felt like for a lot of this episode i was just like are we just gonna punch each other for 20 minutes like what mm. what is going on here why is why is this where you did a, decided to go the first 10 minutes of the episode are just a soap opera you're just wrapping up all the relate like the relationships and things that are going on that you've carried over and it's just like mm-hmm. Get me to the adventure of the week. And then when you got me to the adventure of the week, I was like, this is a really dumb, boring adventure of the week. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Uh, okay. It was rough. It was a rough one for me, for sure. I There are things to like. I will say that. But I did not have a good. I am confident in saying I think I enjoyed it the most out of the three of us. However, I have exactly the same um exactly the same critiques and issues with it and yeah i did land overall on disappointed with a couple of highlights that i i cannot help myself but loving it's kind of like when you're being tickled you laugh despite yourself and that laughter is like well laughter's great but you fucking hate being tickled it's kind of that i was laughing and enjoying myself despite being really irritated by a lot of the shit that was happening like aaron summed it up um like that opening is 10 minutes of here's what happened last season and here's all of the hanging threads that we know you know about after doing a literal here's what happened doing a literal previously on yeah and just like being really bogged down in reminding us of everything that happened as if streaming isn't a thing anymore i get it back in the tng days if you had to do this but we we have access to all of this stuff i would say a large percentage of people watching the show probably did a rewatch of of season one before they watched this and then like you said as we get in, i would think a lot of dedicated star trek fans did yeah, a I'm probably I, I overstating think the, com- that. the common audience member probably yeah did probably didn't i'm probably overstating to, that but to be fair we went through our own recap and we don't know what the fuck <laughs> going on either so but i just i just i don't know that it's completely necessary um in fact i know it's it's not completely necessary and yeah what you said danae i was i was hoping out of the gates this to be really kind of fun energetic yeah but it like went deep mm. into here's the arc for this season and i'm sure we will still have adventure of the week we have to right it can't help itself like you said last season aaron can't help itself but play that plot thread and it's not like this is the first time we're seeing the gaunt we know the gaunt are out there all of the stuff with admiral um uh oh april 
is unnecessary. We know the Gorn are out there. We know they're a threat. I don't need to know that they're 10% more of a threat than we thought they were because there's a ship out there. So it's it there is so many mixed feelings and messages in this in this episode. Um and it it just felt really, really, really messy. But like you, Aaron, I have not by any stretch of the imagination given up on it because these people are incredible. I think we're going to have so much fun this season. This is just a really shaky start where I feel like they didn't hold their nerve on the episodicnessitude of it and the lighthearted stuff that we loved from last season. Um, but let's get into some specifics. Danae, give us some stuff mm. you love before we send the ever-loving shit out of it. CGI of all the ships is just fucking beautiful. It's really fun to see all the different angles of the of the ships. And I... If I have a regret, it's not being in Aaron's um, mm-hmm. uh, movie space that. when yeah. watching because he has one of those fucking cool TVs where the black is not a projected dark spot. It's just the Avoid. complete lack of, <laughs> of yeah. light behind it. So it's just this really nice contrast. And when I was watching the ships and the space and just kind of like these different angles that they're shooting um, and the space the the fight kind of in the uh in space between the two federation ships like it looked so beautiful and it was Mm -hmm. really interesting or at the very beginning when all these shuttles are just haphazardly attacking it like a carrion bird on dead carcass like they're just like they're all like like little insects just Mm. latching on and they just would look really really nice on a massive screen i think um and i just think that stuff is really really beautiful to, to look at um and that was probably one of the big highlights for me i also really loved seeing a full female crew supporting spock on mm-hmm. the bridge i liked uh uhura yeah, awesome. sort of standing up for her station and kind of putting her foot down and asserting her confidence i think that was a good character building moment for her for us to see her confidence in what she's doing and her position that she's chosen mm-hmm. but also it's just nice to see somebody confidently saying you know nope i'm not ready for that yet let me take care of my business first and I thought that was kind of another clever wink and nod to the thing that I wanted to see again, which is a strong uh, female presence, um, just because I think that's a nice, nice bit of stuff to see on the screen. We saw a lot of variety of different kinds of people. Um, and of course, Spock, who mm. is no longer my favorite character. Oh, OK. Well, we'll wait until spoilers, the spoilers. We'll wait until resistance to to talk about that a bit more, perhaps. That might change next. That it might is, change next episode. I, I am fair. very, I'm very quick. Something I'm will change you back. On it. Yeah, you yeah. non-Vulcan, Vulcan. It was so. It's it's so hard for me to not jump in when you mention something I love as well. This is the best I've seen Star Trek ships since the Next Generation. Like it is like we are back to building the models because some of the CGI in like Discovery and the new movies and and the early seasons of Picard, it's so dark and everything goes by so quick and everything is so clearly computer generated we got so many glory shots of the enterprise that are just kind of let's take it in and let's brightly light it let's let's see the metal on the ship um so i, I love this i think it's a gorgeous reimagining of the ship oh yeah um, I there was this it. one moment whenever like so the the bad federation ship was um throwing back torpedo fart fire behind it or whatever yep. it was doing yeah okay and then like our i mean our that's good solid guy- substance i don't think i i think you would have to Shark go fire. yeah there's, it's a poo it's torpedo it'd be, it'd be shark fire at, at <laughs> it was you a, know best. it was a torpedo poopedo poopedo anyway yeah poopedo that's it so it's throwing those things back or whatever and then we do like the little oh 
we're shifting around and we're ma- magically getting through it. But then, but we see the uh, part of the ship hit get hit and kind of the mm. the shield makes this almost like a little spray that came across it. It mm. looked like it got like paintballed almost on the side. Yeah, I I <sighs> think the implication is that this is like instead of. It's like the debris, you're we're actually seeing the debris of the torpedo, which is yeah, new. or something I like, like it. it kind of like, yeah, it. sort of like spattered across like some sort of chemical reaction against mm. the shields. That just looked really cool, and I bet it looked even more amazing on a better. I'm watching it on a computer monitor, so oh it's my not goodness, like, it's heresy. And it's like heresy. It, I, know, I know, I know, I know. I'll be back to doing that next week as well. Um, yeah, and I'm completely with you on the all-female crew as well. This crew just bounces off of each other so well. It still feels like they've been doing seven seasons of the show instead of their sophomore season. Um, they're just so comfortable. Ortegas is the most chill, comfortable person in the world. It's like Melissa Navia has been actually on that ship for... She just didn't leave. She actually just stayed on there in the off-season as well and has just been hanging out on the Enterprise. Uh, Aaron, give us give us some positives. Give us something you loved. Carol uh, Kane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will start with it is beautiful. Um, I, I do think the visuals, at least the space visuals, are are really really nice. Um, and I I want to mention that I do think no matter what uh, Danae's shifting allegiances might be, that the Spock performance is still my favorite performance uh, in the cast. I think uh, he is doing really incredible work and is oh, actually yeah. has the highest level of difficulty, I think, as far as what he's he's trying to it do and portray. Powerful. I, very I, powerful. I, I think so, too. So I did like that. But yes, the, the, the big standout is Carol Kane. She's in full... I'm not a witch. I'm your ship inspector uh, mode uh, here. Uh, like, she is... I'm not a witch. I'm your wife. She's so good and so fun and so quirky. She was on, um, was it uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt that she was on the last mm, thing I, I loved her on? It. She's just so much fun. She's got and, such a great voice, too, and she has she? such a great voice. So, I, so I really unique. hope, I really hope she sticks around and able is able to add some of that spark because I, I was really uh, glad to see her. Yeah, she was an absolute breath of joy. She's playing a lanthanite, which is to my quick googling a new alien and usually when someone when oh. star trek mentions an alien and i haven't heard of it i'm like huh oh that is new so they're even new or they've been they've been mentioned in passing in a tos episode that i, Sounds I can't like an remember interesting alien though that's fascinating like yeah. living amongst us right now like they have to come out yeah they have to like, choose when they come fun. out and talk to people and say yeah actually i'm 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 not i'm not human very 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 cool very uh, scroll Right? Isn't it, yeah, isn't it very scroll, scroll in the MCU? MCU? Like, MCU? Yes. MCU in the MCU, guys. It's a really <laughs> interesting concept. You're absolutely right. Um, what a what a unique thing to give somebody where it kind of makes sense that this sort of person that's aging visually mm. to us ha- is still very, very young. Because she has that young energy the whole time where mm-hmm. she's almost like a kid, like, <laughs> at the very end when she's like, I'm Bored. <laughs> What's the worst thing about living forever? You lose the people. No, I'm fucking bored. I'm bored. Fucking yeah. bored. I've done everything. <laughs> I have solved every crossword puzzle <laughs> ever created. I'm so bored. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, um, don't watch this episode. It won't help. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, um, okay. Let's give me something I love. This is and there, there's so you've mentioned Carol Kane was an absolute a joy, a breath of life to the ship. Um. 
let's go. Oh, man. I do love this episode. I'm just looking through my notes trying to find stuff that I actually like. Yeah, there's some others. Klingons are always fun. Okay. Klingons Klingons. are fun. Yeah, let's talk about the Klingons. Um, I want to dive more into that in The Sins, but I really, really love how TNG these Klingons are. So Discovery made the choice of going with this Klingon sect that's very serious and it's an offshoot of the Klingons that we quote-unquote know and love. And it was very dour, very... Um, this is just like the TNG Klingons for me. We've forgotten about the TOS Klingons entirely, which we'll dip into in Sins, but this just felt so familiar. I'm expecting Galron to pop round the corner and just say, glory to your house. Galrond? Galrond. Oh, get sorry. off my ship. Sorry. Um, I was like, man, I didn't know those worlds were the same. That's gotta be the quote on the shirt. It's gonna say, get off my ship with a picture of the Derper Prize. Yes. <laughs> Because it can only it. fit me on it because <laughs> it, the living spaces have all been compromised due to poor manufacturing. Um, but yeah, I like everything from like their attitude, the drinking, how the, the prosthetics were unapologetically 90s TNG, which I absolutely loved, and the gold uniform. They found this crossover between the really cheesy, understandably 60s uniform that we saw back in the day and then the uniform that we're used to in TNG. Like they found a really great middle ground. Um, so yeah, I, I really like that. It didn't feel like a callback. It didn't feel like a cameo reference. It felt like this is where the Klingons are in the world. We've just come out of this big Klingon war. And this is this is how they're going to be in this season. And we got to see the D7 battle cruiser. Well lit, not a passing shot, just bam. Here's the one of the most iconic Klingon um war vessels that that we see on screen i yeah that's i was always gonna love that that sucked me in mm-hmm. Danae, let's uh, go for yeah. some more positives the I, I think it's interesting what they're doing with laon as well uh, when she's pairing mm. off against the klingons in or the yeah. klingons specifically like at the table and they're doing this sort of the, like blood wine drinking battle the indiana you know, jones I, drinking battle is that what that was? Indiana Jones wasn't the first to do it, you dick. Uh, it was the first to play the gender aspect of that game in the exact really? same way. It's really? the exact same scene. Mm. Yes. I think it's now part of pop culture. <laughs> uh, it's well, fair. I don't mind homages. I really mm-hmm. don't, but that's clearly an homage. Also, Star Trek may, was made first. <laughs> this show does homages. It so does. It's, it it's does. probably not. It's not wrong of us to think that it might have been very purposeful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, liked, I, I liked that exchange between the two i also i think one of the reasons i enjoyed it was the i I was wondering if the rescue mission was going to be damsel in distress like so to Mm. show that she's not really in distress the way that i expected it to be i expected her to be a prisoner exactly being sold in some sort of like i don't know fashion or something which star trek has absolutely done that before literally taken its two female people on an away mission they end up getting kidnapped and sold as sex objects so yeah i'm completely with you on that this was literally like this is for info this is an update like i'm doing my own thing fyi starfleet needs to know about this as well so that was that was a nice little subversion to that kind of that storyline but i get the you know i get the idea they're kind of bringing on to this place where she's deciding to rejoin the crew and but we're still seeing her in her choice to be separate from starfleet but mm. also still involve them in something really, really dangerous. And I don't know whether it's believable or not that Spock would like take the ship out there. But I think the idea that this episode is trying to present is that when Spock, because they actually say it very specifically, when he released his emotions, he is mm-hmm. now experiencing. Essentially, it's like 
Inside Out. Is that the name of the movie from Pixar? Yeah, sure. Uh -huh. yeah, it's yeah. like Inside Out, but like Spock's version. where mm. They're all kind of running amok and he might not be completely in control. So maybe we're to believe that he would take risks differently or feel emotions differently. And we see that for him throughout this episode, especially as he is wrestling with how he feels about Chapel or losing Chapel. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I thought that it was a it, cool to sort of seal on and then also how they come out to get there. We're commandeering a ship, which mm -hmm. seems to happen a lot in Star Trek. <laughs> I was about to say, we've got a stealing the Enterprise cliche. It seems to happen I, a lot. I've genuinely lost count how many times they, they've stolen their own ship to, to do a mission. I, I literally wrote in my notes, yay, it's a heist episode. And then it was over in like 10 seconds. And I was <laughs> yeah, like, oh, that's okay, well, that's not what we're doing here. And that was so fun. I <laughs> thought we were going to have all of them on like their different missions. Yeah, yeah. And like maybe across screen, like they're doing Ocean's Eleven yes, of like all of yes. the things. But it's just the, the one officer going to <laughs> engineering, faking a warp core, and then... Um, and then Carol uh, Kane shows up. Yeah, to Pelly, say, if Pelly you're says, do this and do it right. <laughs> do it this way. But uh, having said that, I love that, and I do love the scene that that leads to with Spock's make it make it go now, make the ship go now line. Which Aaron was eye rolling so hard because we've just had a discussion about. In a, Are in we a going certain... into sins now? Or... Oh <laughs> wait, no, I'm just kidding. No, no, I'm just kidding. I, I'm no, just kidding. Because I like this. I, so I'm, st I'm oh, sticking okay, it ahead because okay. I liked it. For me, this okay. moment. Well, if really, you were really going to come to me for anything else, I liked. You're stealing the one thing I have left to talk about. Yay! So... I'll do it. Yay! <laughs> do it. No, I'll let you have that. I, I assumed I you actually, hated it. Uh, no, I actually landed on that. I felt it was cute and fun. However, mm. I, I think what I'm experiencing is they are tiptoeing right up to that line mm -hmm. between self-awareness. In self-parody, yeah, and you don't want to trip over into self-parody, and they're getting in Star Trek. really close, yeah. So, but I, overall, I did enjoy. Like, I thought it was cute and fun, and um, the self-awareness is fine. I think I, I think that's great, and I think Ortegas has a lot to do with why I end up enjoying that scene mm -hmm. because I think it's a very naturalistic performance that's given mm -hmm. there um yeah. and it work it makes the scene work for me so yeah yeah no i landed on loving it as well and just spock is beautiful you you said it earlier ethan peck does have the highest level of difficulty and he nails the spock awkwardness without making it seem the cliche and I was say, the spock, yeah, spock awkwardness mm -hmm. the spawkwardness um uh, nails it without being cliche or like we've done this all before it's just so fun his delivery of i would like the ship to go now, now. <laughs> so now. good i love that now so um, his, his trigger word is just the word now which is gonna be now. very confusing for the rest of him being <laughs> just i need to go to the bathroom now oh whoa, whoa. Shit. let's go <laughs> that's amazing yeah i'm i'm there with you on that one i really enjoyed that and um i'm really liking laan are you aaron like I'm, no. no, I no. got the feeling you weren't. No, I, I am is the character uh, I have the most difficulty finding uh, some sort of rhythm with. I just for whatever reason, I find that performance to be stilted and inauthentic. And I don't mm. know I don't know what it is. Um, well, she's really guarded. I, I she know has an accent, Aaron, okay? <laughs> That's what it is. She has an English Sorry, accent. My we racist don't... tendencies just came out. I apologize. <sighs> Uh, no, it, it really is something about that, that character and that performance that is just really hard for me to, um, to connect to. So yeah, the Laon stuff is, is the weakest stuff for me. Well, I'm enjoying it to so screw you. <laughs> no, that's great. I that's love that. That's my critique of your I, critique. I, you know, clearly it's just not for me. 
there were a couple of individual moments that I thought were really, really cool. Like a couple of shots that made me sit up. And one of them was the POV transporter scene, which we had a couple of times in TNG. Mm. And I love the chaos of Spock shouts the order to beam them on board. And we're suddenly in this dizzy mess of, hey, this is what it would be like to be inside a transporter beam. And just that, it was so visceral and just a really, really cool like kind of interpretation of what it's like to be transported. Um, I just, yeah, I really, really like that um, that sequence. I just want to say, uh, uh, yeah, sorry. I was going to mention a comment, but we don't do that, do we? <laughs> I mean, you can do it now. Nope. You, I, will, I, will, no, I will do your show will, the way it's no, supposed no, no, to be done. It will literally be easier if you do it now so that I don't have to cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to say Nick gets it. Uh, like the, the, the Lawn thing, he says it uh, even better than I did. He says she feels like she doesn't belong on this show. She's very much a discussion. Discovery character that got stuck on the fun show. That's what it that's feels like true. to me too. I would that's disagree with that. Nick I, that's said how I disco feel. Disco character. You're not allowed to Disco is feelings. very different. Okay. Disco, disco, disco is different is than Discovery. Dance. Yes. Thank you. And thank you, Danae. I'm for honestly kind of glad that you brought this up because Nick wrote Disco, not Discovery. And so I'm like, a disco character? <laughs> I was over here confused. I'm like, bell bottoms and, you yeah. know, music and shag carpet. Maybe. Yeah. There was um, one of so no go on today. I was about to just ignore your turn. Well, I was I was going to ask you guys a question. So this this episode sort of gives us an indication at the beginning with like something's kind of feeling off with the brass. You know mm. the, the the Federation More something's shadowing. not feeling quite right. And then can at the you hear end my of, eyes rolling? <laughs> and at the end of the episode, the indication is that so Spock you know commandeers the ship and he goes out to look into what's going on with Laon. And then they end up blowing up the Klingons hiding inside of the Federation ship because they were going to try to incite another war because peace wasn't really working out or whatever. Uh, and then so so Spock's like he gets a little slap on the hand for doing that. And they're like, yeah, you know, your punishment's being hung over or whatever. And then they kind of cut back to the brass Federation officials in charge. And I didn't fucking understand this exactly, so maybe this will be something that's fine. I don't know, mm -hmm. but I think well, is the is the idea here that they were part of the I part of this ruse to start up a war? No, no, okay. no, no. they're I, just saying we're glad we we don't have to go to war with the Klingons because we're already at war with. I wonder what. I wonder what it's gonna be. That slow delay on the Gorn title revealing like itself. What software what? waits that long? <laughs> What do okay, okay. We're getting into sense territory have. here, guys. We're I literally I just just rename the show Gornhub. Like, <laughs> oh, you just wow. you know what I mean? Like at this point, like we What's get it. The to Gorn her? are going to be the big bad. Why do we have to keep referencing it every episode? Hey, like, I'm with you. I am with you on that one. So sorry, I, 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 I it was my least favorite part of the episode was no, shoehorning in the Gorn book uh, uh, bookends. Shoehorning. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, no, you're, you're absolutely, you're, you're right to be confused, Danae, because it is confusing, but I, this actually links into my next thing, which I kind of liked, was I think it was heavily hinted that the Ferengi were the ones that were setting up this war so that they could start cashing in on the profit from the dilithium mining again, because La'an said the, the race that is kind of behind this, their whole ide ideology is profit. So the, 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 the who behind all of this isn't actually named. So I think it's the Ferengi that are pulling oh, the strings yeah. here, which is kind of cool. I like that. It is kind of cool. And it's something um, that somebody in the chat mentioned earlier. So that's kind of like super, super in line I didn't with. steal it from the chat. That was my own independent <laughs> thought. Believe me. Um, 
but yeah, it, that was absolutely the the war thing with the Gorn is totally separate. They've detected okay. a ship that is incoming I, that looks aggressive, and they're it, worried. The show didn't do themselves a favor then by saying something's going on with the brass. So that was supposed to indicate that there's a war coming with the Gorn. Correct. Exactly. Not that they because then when we went to the this mining civilization that we share with the Klingons. Which is the most insane thing, by the way. Federation, there's some Federation people that are in on this too, is what La'an was saying. La'an was saying that there's mm -hmm. officials from like Federation and from the Klingon that want to re restart the war. So I guess I was a little, I was a little confused They're about mercenaries. It'll be mercenaries that okay. were also profiting from selling okay. arms and, and the usual kind of... War is great because we get to sell bombs and shit. Yeah, it's an extremist um, group that you yeah. know, they're doing a false flag and yeah. A little bit of everybody is in okay. on it. Okay. Um, I did really like the building of the ship underground, and then it's suddenly like bursting out of the cave and launch, just like. Is that Cinnable? Oh, I was going to ask you if that's Cinnable. Of course in the it scene. is. Okay. I think it's Cinnable too. Just like but... a starship coming out from underground. Oh, it sounds some bullshit. Ridiculous. It's like Thunderbirds where Tracy Island, and seven people will get this reference, Tracy Island, kind of the palm trees, folds so that Thunderbird 2 can come out. Yes. It's yes. all of the bullshit. Yes. Um, but I just. I've never seen Thunderbirds. You need to watch it right now. We're going to stop this and do a Thunderbirds um, podcast. No. Aaron, let's do some, give us some wrap up thoughts, anything more specific that's good or positive that you want to talk about before we start some sinning. So anything in the negative category goes in the sinning. Yes, correct. Okay, then I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Ambassador. Ambassador, come on. Give us, give us something. Give us some good stuff. Oh, hey, look, we got some more Mbenga backstory. How do you feel about that? So, I wah, guess... Wah. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Get off my bridge. There is something interesting about the storytelling, how they decided to tell more about Chapel and Mbenga's background. Because they sort mm -hmm. of just like blanket statement that they've been in a war before. We sort of pick up with their interactions that they have had some very serious trauma and have overcome it. And we had this um, thing that we noticed in episode one, <clears throat> somehow, for some reason, that like they have this sort of... Uh, inside joke between them with the rabbit and the whatever do you remember that from mm -hmm. oh um yeah. yeah they name a planet <laughs> they, <laughs> just the, like yeah alpha sigma centauri and it's when it's when the aliens are beamed aboard the enterprise and then they escape and then yeah. they have to go find them okay so we're like well they obviously have these secrets between them this sort of like code between them and this episode does a very similar thing it gives more uh weight to their history mm. I didn't think it was bad. It's serious. It's like, it's yeah. a serious thing to watch. But I thought that the writers did a good job. And I thought that the actors did a good job of showing us that they kind of don't want to go back into this trauma, but they will if they have to. Mm -hmm. And they kind of have to. Um, they even like inject themselves to survive and turn into like war machines for a hot minute that was unexpected i mm -hmm. thought that they were going to turn into klingons when they Me injected too. themselves i thought we were doing an episode one callback where they Me do too. the genetic manipulation I, I turned around and i was like oh we're gonna get cosplay time i was really excited and then super serum listen i didn't get to see chapel as a klingon and i'm not, glad. i'm angry it's really the main reason that i'm you so would have passed the blood would have rushed away from your head so quick you would have passed out so I didn't think that that was bad. I, I wasn't, I wasn't, again, I was kind of not surprised. I was, sorry, I was surprised that we were in a more serious episode. Mm -hmm. But thinking about it, I thought that they did a good job of giving us really good information to support why the doctor and Nurse Chapel turned into battle bots this episode. Like, yeah. 
you wouldn't think that they would be in that role. You would think that you'd have Laon coming in or even mm. Spock coming back and just like rage killing people. But it's truly a Mbenga and Nurse Chapel were seconds from dying unless they figured out how to save themselves and the entire Federation. So it's uh, like, and stop a war. So it's like, whoa, they're j they just did a fucking lot. They just did a lot. And it makes me think, wow, they've been through so much because they're good under pressure. Not only, so they inject themselves, they turn into battle people, they send a Morse code, they go out of an air hatch. Like this is on, I was, I didn't see that coming. Um, And I feel like the show is wanting to give something really big and important to these two characters that are often more like just regulated to the doctor's office. Mm -hmm. And so maybe for the rest of the season, they're going to be regulated to the doctor's office, but at least we all got to see this one cool moment where they got to just kick some ass and it made sense to the season. You mispronounced so boring. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> because there is a difference between like combat medics. So the Federation obviously had this big war with the Klingons and it being a doctor meant more than just doctoring. It meant kicking some butt as well. So I, I see where you're coming from, actually. I get what you mean. It just, it felt, I'm fine with this backstory for them and this bond that they have and this stuff that they had to go through. It, for me, just felt like it was a weird choice to put it in episode one. It felt like this is some exposition that could have been done a little bit later. I didn't need all of this darkness and Star Trek John Wick chapter four inside. It was really crazy, like, yeah. Re like uh, maybe a solid five to ten minutes of punching, kicking, violence that is hand on heart not what I come to Star Trek for and not what I come to this episodic TNG style you have TOS that I'm looking for as 30 well. 30 different Marvel shows you could go to for that kind of nonsense. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I do not need yeah. Super Soldiers and John Wick. In my, it felt so, and I hate saying this, un-Star Trek. It didn't feel right. Unless you're going to make the episode about diving into this and the complexity of what does it take to win a war and how far are you able to go. This felt more like this is the premiere. Let's make it exciting. And we, mm -hmm. we have to have an action scene to bring people back. It's so, it just felt like it was lacking confidence in what your brand is and what your, why people are loving Strange New Worlds so much. Maybe I'm on an island with that. But for me, I wasn't coming here expecting Mbenga and Chapel to start doing some Kung Fu. That was not on my list of oh, that was things that I wanted. <laughs> that was not even close to Kung Fu. <laughs> well, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> I know well, Kung Fu. I think, and this can maybe transition us maybe into the sins of the show well i have one more thing before we move into the sins is that i want pelia's fanny pack did you see the, the red fanny pack that she had i didn't no. so she comes onto the bridge and she has this like red bag that's around her waist with a little starfleet delta i want the fanny pack um yes i yeah i think that's it let's do it let's go to engineering and fake a warp core breach battle stations everyone warning warp core collapse in 10 seconds this is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains, remind ourselves that no TV shows without sin, even our beloved Star Trek ambassador. We left with you, so let's start off with you. Continue yeah. it. I think we'll just like start in that scene. Um, oh, sometime, would we sin exposition? Yes. Yes. Because we sin sneezes. Guys, we sin whatever just for fun or for, for whatever reason. But like this serum suddenly turns their bones hard enough that they can punch a Klingon and not get a broken bone. Like, Can we call it, it does, punch punch? It's some, <laughs> the punch some, punch? Whatever, nice. whatever happens with them, we just have to fill in a lot of blanks with our imagination. 
and then know that there's like a ticking time for it to wear off, which I didn't necessarily mind. And maybe I could have mentioned this before we switched segments, but like there's this moment when the, when the serum wears off and they keep going, which is, I guess, a testament to their like training and their survival instincts and the adrenaline rush of what they're doing mm-hmm. and that desire to live even beyond being augmented to survive. So that was an interesting thing to think about, like knowing that you're not going to be able to do this for long and still go like still fighting to survive. That's an interesting and and very um, deep thing to watch happening on screen. But but I was just I don't know. I just felt like it was very conf- it looked cinematic as fuck. I really like when they like they synchronized injection, synchronized dropping, synchronized mm-hmm. stuff. But I did not see that coming. I lie. I th- why sin? Why aren't you Klingons? Sin. <laughs> right. Why are, sin. But that would have been Become Star a Trek. Klingon. Go covert. Like that'd Disguising be fucking cool. yourself as a Klingon and sneaking onto the bridge and doing some shenanigans would have been the who most Star Trek thing it. they could have done. Yeah. Who cares if you did it already? And that that hurts. Growing those little protrusions out of your forehead hurts enough. You yes. don't need to like be breaking knuckles, you know, punching people to death. It was such a hard left turn that I did not expect because the eyes were changing. No. They were doing some physiological stuff. And I was like, we're going to get some Cleons. That's all. Oh, oh, you're super soldiers now. It's such a bizarre choice. Um, and I figured that they may have to do some like explaining about, hey, this is illegal. You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to augment yourself. And they will have to answer for that. But right. I don't know that they will. I think this is just going to be possibly forgotten i i don't know rip on it dicer (laughs) look all the only thing i wrote in my notes about that scene is lame punch punch that's literally all i wrote uh because (laughs) the entire thing is in my opinion a complete waste of time it is it is absolutely look how cool we are we're gonna have our characters punch people and it's like uh, characters punch people all the time like it's not that cool It, it has this moment that i think kind of in my mind, encapsulates how this entire scene misses. There's this moment where they're dropping through a hatch and they make the camera flip all the way over when they go through. They come through and the camera flips all the way over back. And it's like, that is a pointless camera move. It does nothing for my understanding of the scene. It does nothing for my enjoyment of the scene. It's you going, hey, look, I can put our cameras on a spinny thing. Like it's it's literally makes me know I'm watching a show, not having an experience. It And that's that entire scene and it goes on for so long i absolutely hated that section i wish it had not been uh in there um because it, it really it it hurts that that part hurt i thought we were going for like a gravity shift or something mm-hmm. to like a different deck but no, no it was literally no we're back to where we started that was the weirdest transition i think i've ever seen in television i i wrote i wrote this down camera flips not sure why but, uh, <laughs> yes that's the scene but I think I am supposed to like it. <laughs> That's what I wrote down. <laughs> for, for reasons, I've just watched a John Woo movie, and it just reminded me of some bad 90s John Woo-ness where we're just doing shit with the camera because we think it's cool, and it just it was nonsensical to me. That's, that entire sequence was, one of the, was the biggest scene of the show for and, me. And I think it also comes from a series of things I've watched recently that all end with people punching each other, and it's just like... Mm-hmm. I don't know, man, like (laughs) people shooting each other and punching each other. I'm just kind of done. I'm just kind of done. If you want to bring swords or sabers or kicks, if you want to bring, you know, uh, like some really cool kicks, maybe 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 some bow and arrows or something like (laughs) 
<laughs> like if we need to do combat, like I'll have a little bit of fun with those, but stop punching and shooting each other. Yeah. I'm just so bored with it. <laughs> so can I'm I tell you guys something else I wrote down in that scene before oh, we move please on? Please do. Please. I will give all the sins back if this was all in their imagination. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like it was just I a hallucinogen thought, that they took. Yes, yes. I thought that there was a split chance for just a minute there. So because it just is such a hard transition that we go from them standing to them starting to punch and stuff. And I thought, like, again, that they were going to turn into Klingons. So it's like, they're like seeing themselves turn into these battle creatures or something. And then it's just like, it went on a little long. I was like, is this in their heads? Like, how funny would this be if this is just in their oh, fucking heads? Oh, I can heads? see it, man. That, like, that would have made up for the whole thing <laughs> if really we get through would. that entire scene. And then all of a sudden it cuts to them just in the hallway, just kind of like waving their arms a little bit. <laughs> Like like all messed up, just kind of waving their arms in the air and like looking around. <laughs> Nobody's around them. They don't yep. have to fight anybody. It was a clear path, but they're just. <laughs> Spock comes back and they're just baked. They're just absolutely baked. And that's how they survive. It's just yeah. like extreme drug just use. Just pity. Nobody wanted to fight them because like, wow, they are out of it. That would be I don't. Incredible. I don't want to take over the whole sin section, but I did have another one where it's like, I'll give all the sins back moment. Um, mm -hmm. uh -huh. Do you want me to tell you what it was? Please. Go for it. Okay. Let me find it real quick. I think it was it was when um at the very beginning when Mbenga he is talking to Spock about his Spock's emotions. Um mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. he's like, Let me get something that helps the humans. And he turns around and I was like, I will give all the sins back if this is weed. <laughs> Just comes out with <laughs> yes. big fucking water bong or something. I turned around and I said, I swear to God, if he brings him a glass of warm milk, <laughs> I would sip on this. And it's like a liar. He's like, Here you go. Yep. Here's your here's your harp instrument to play. Yep. I was like, oh man, like mm. we medicate ourselves as humans. Here you go. We really this is what we do now. As soon as the Vulcan loot turned up, I was like, even if Aaron hadn't mentioned the specific of the Klingons, he got the nostalgia shot. Yeah, because that is sure. that is Spock's loot, and we find out that apparently Mbenga gifted it to him. Oh, um, so big nostalgia that's interesting. shot. Yeah, Spock's loot I is a big mainstay of two S. Um, in fact, I predict that we will have Uhura singing with Spock at some point this season because that was a big thing. Um, Nichelle Nichols would oh, do these say, that's beautiful... That's a positive thing that I forgot to say. I loved the tribute to Nichelle Yeah, the, the end, tribute to was, Nichelle at the really end was, was incredible. Um, yeah, she would do these beautiful solos with Spock um, in the series and it was Nichelle Nichols singing as well. So I oh, wouldn't be surprised really if we see cool. that later on. Yeah, really, really cool. I did like that. But back to the sins. We had a heart rate increases when love interest enters the room cliche. Oh my God. Before <laughs> she even appears. Right. And perhaps no more egregious than when a Vulcan does it. I know he's in touch with his emotions, emotions but Mbenga's just like, oh, you got an erection, didn't you? It's like, <laughs> just like but, calling it out. But the door opens. He was triggered by the door. We don't even see her. Yeah. I, I, maybe I missed something. But when I watched it, I, was, I thought his heart rate went up when the, he heard the door opening yeah, before his, she it's his, uh, it's his Spocky senses. Yeah, they were tingling. Oh, he knew, I see, I see. He, knew um, he can sense her arriving. That doesn't sound any worse, any better than coming. <laughs> okay. I. Um, well, she did say, I think in that scene, I'm coming on the job or yeah, something she like did. that. Just letting like, you well, know that I'm that's coming just, on. That's just uh, not professional. I'm honestly. coming on duty. <laughs> Um, I don't know whose turn it is again. So it's Aaron's. Aaron, give us a sin. <laughs> I think one of the main things I missed from this episode wasn't just the quirkiness. There was a tiny bit of that. There is no thinkiness to this episode. There is nothing to yeah. come away thinking about. There's there's mm -hmm. no kind of conundrum for me to put myself into. There's no kind of deep philosophical oh, issue for me to process. Mm -hmm. it, it, it is just a straightforward point A to point B 
characters are going to fight to get where they need to go kind of episode. And it's just, you know, one of my favorite things about Star Trek is I usually come away from the episodes going, oh, that was an interesting metaphor or that was an interesting deep conversation they had about elephants trampling on grass or whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. there's there's usually some thinky stuff. And um, yeah, hmm. this was much more stinky and much less thinky. Yeah, there was no like metaphorical thing to explore or like moral quandary to come away from it's a it's, it seems like it's supposed to be spock is struggling with his falling in love with with chapel which is let's <laughs> just say in soap general, stuff. that's not philo- you know philosophical stuff mm. which is just... why i'm pulling back away from the character now which yeah. i'm like god damn it they've turned this into a love triangle situation oh, yeah, let's i don't want to do you, that you said we shift you shifted away from spock being your favorite character tell us about that it's the chapel situation it's like mm. okay so we are going to be pushing this this season like the first thing that they do is present this conundrum where he has emotions or feelings or something he can't even explain towards chapel or and i don't know if it's towards chapel or if it's a because at the end of this episode you know he's looking at her as she's recovering and she's passed out and he's crying and he tells him banga he has no words for how he's feeling and that's a powerful thing that i have experienced now more than ever before in my life especially now that i'm a mom there's things i can't really even put into words anymore because this there's this new love fear pain confusion there's all this kind of stuff and yeah it can it can be overwhelming and like they said the vulcans have way more intense potent Mm -hmm. emotion yeah that they have to control so like i get that that's important but i really am just I don't want this to be a season where it's just like a will they won't they situation, mostly yeah. because we've already got TOS. There's already the future laid out for this character. I don't need to be like caught up in the the drama of that. And I hope that it's like, well, you know how like in episode one and season one, we were worried that they were going to be over piking death us. And I just hope that this is not over you know, will they, won't they Spock chapel us? We talked about it in season that. one too, though. Mm-hmm. We, we knew it was, I mean, right from the first episode, they're laying the, laying the clues that that's where they want to go. So I get the temptation with Vulcans and Spock to, Hey, what's interesting? Because it's like storytelling is establish your protagonist and throw some shit at them and see how they deal with it. And the biggest thing about Vulcans is the lack of emotions. So it is so tempting to be like, hey, what would happen if Spock did have emotions? The problem is we've done it really, really, really well. You've got to find a new way to do it. And this wasn't that for me. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I am worried that they're going to be overplaying the Spock Chapel thing as well, in all honesty. So I don't I know how I would send people. it exactly, but I would send that. Yeah, absolutely. That's getting sinned. Uh, i got a question for you guys. Did I, have I missed out who she is? So Anson Mount, no. uh, Captain Pike is off to find a she, like pronoun gaming so hard. Pronoun game. Was it, was he pronoun gaming? Was this, yes. he's. He's left to find somebody that can help Una, but no, deliberately didn't mention them by name because pronoun gaming. I I would have thought that it was somebody specific that you would know. I certainly didn't know what was going on, so I just assumed no. that you might know. If you don't know, then yeah, this no, I think it was does, a pronoun game sin for sure. This Una thing is completely new. We we only had Una in the cage, the pilot pilot episode of Star Trek, and um, we just knew she was a first officer. Assumed she was human. We know nothing else about her. So yeah, this is all new. The frustrating pronoun gaming that would be my mm-hmm. sin of that one. Um. Aaron? Sure. Uh, I can pull another one. Um, I thought it was really strange, and I would definitely sin it when at the end, in Spock is, you know, doing compression on uh, Chapel or whatever, that he phrases it, you do not die. 
Uh, <laughs> you do. You are human. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, but what's interesting to me is it's the exact same thing the audience is saying because we know well, Chapel yeah, doesn't uh-huh. die. We're yeah. all going, you do not die. This is now, not interesting to me because you do not die. Like, uh-huh. like what are we doing here? I kind of wondered if she would. And that was setting an expectation of we're going to change things. Like kind of establishing we are oh. in a different timeline where anything can happen, which would have been a bold ass move. And I totally get why they didn't do it. But I wondered if they were actually going to kill her. That would have been interesting. I, w- I, I would have minded that because I like the Chapel character. Yeah, I just don't like the crushed. love yeah. frustration between the two of them. I really enjoy watching uh, the actor perform this character and um, her quirkiness and all of that is really, really fun. So I would I would miss that. Yeah, that's fair Um, enough. I would send the line from Una. Is it Una Chin? Una Chin Riley. When she says to Pike at the beginning, there's the Boy Scout in you again. Mm-hmm. I'm really disappointed that we still have Boy Scouts this far in the future. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Either that or... It could be just a phrase. Well, either that or the phrase has made it to the future. Yeah. yeah, it could I be. I so but... annoyed with that. Like, can that one not be one that lasts? Yeah, can know? we just end that one? Yeah, agreed. Um, I have... I, I'm going to do it on behalf of all of the Star Trek nitpickers out there. This will inspire probably equal parts. Fuck yeah, Ian, get it. And Ian, shut the fuck up. These Klingons don't look quite right, he says and runs away. These Klingons shouldn't have forehead ridges. <laughs> so the Klingons in the yeah, the Klingons in TOS didn't have forehead ridges. They were problematic as heck because they were largely, am I right, in, in blackface, I think, and almost kind of made to look Chinese or from that part of the world because yeah. at the time that was, was the big there was an Asian... quote unquote threat. Yeah. So yeah, they were definitely dressed up and puppeteered to be like that. Now, I was really, really kind of in my own internal headcanon was it's fine. They did have ridges, we just didn't have the makeup for it. Which goes out the window when Enterprise, another prequel show, which is set eight a hundred years before this came in and decided to explain it. So, in fact, sorry, backpedal. DS9 tried to explain it. Deep Space Nine did a time travel episode where they go back to the original series and they find a bunch of Klingons and Worf is like, huh, uh, we're not going to talk about this because all of the crew are like, why do you have ridges and those Klingons don't have ridges? And he's like, we don't talk about it. It's a very embarrassing part of our history. We're never going to mention it again. Now we go back to Enterprise, which is a prequel series, which then decided to explain all of that. And basically, the Klingons did have forehead ridges until they got injected with human DNA and super soldier serum, and that made them look like humans. So that's why we lose the ridges. And the ridges don't come back until the end of, like, Kirk's reign. So there's like a hundred years where they don't have ridges, and these are the Klingons that shouldn't have ridges. There's the end of my thesis. Nerd! Now, I can also explain that away by saying not every Klingon was affected by the human genome altering thing. And maybe this is a sect of Klingons that just survived with their ridges intact. And there we go. But Look, it, my, it bears mentioning. The one thing I know is that ruffles have ridges. That's, that is what I know. With so. that, move on to the next scene. I'm done talking about <laughs> Klingons and how they look. <laughs> it was educational. Thank I you. I enjoyed it. I think I think that's important. I wouldn't have picked up that sin. I don't know. I think it how is important you... to mention because these Klingons don't look as Klingons should look in a very fundamental way, unless it wasn't all Klingons. Hmm. 
I think I would send the new opening intro for spoilers um, because it, it continues the fun of introducing us to new planets that we will probably visit during uh, <laughs> during the season, which I, I thought was cool. Some of that stuff was the same, but there were definitely some new visuals in the uh, in the intro, so. which I loved. I forgot I to mention too. that in I my positives. Too. Opening credits are just gorgeous, absolutely beautiful. Uh, any more scenes, Ambassador? Uh, yeah, like uh, all of it. <laughs> Amazing. Hold on a second. I've been looking at pictures of Klingons. I noticed. I've been a bit distracted. I've got a couple things in in the category of, I have no idea if these are sins. I just want to ask you questions. Oh, do it. Yeah, let's go. Um, Which often happens when I watch stuff. Question time. Um, They're talking about Spock's emotions and how he he got his blockage cleared. uh, And so now his emotions pour out and they're stronger than humans and Mm -hmm. and those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Spock I knew from TOS was very much uh, had a blockage in, I believe. Like it wasn't like his emotions weren't pouring forth. Uh, so am I missing something in canon? Is have the, Are they setting themselves to do something to return the blockage? What are yeah, you- so they address this a little bit with the episode 10 of season one when they're seven years in the future or more. I think they're 10 years in the future actually. And Pike is interacting with... Um, Spock from the future and is like Spock you're different you're like you're more distant you're more guarded and basically the assumption is that over the next 10 years he will begin putting up more walls so this is the youngest we've ever seen so he'll install extra blockages he will install extra (laughs) blockages and become more detached from his emotions and become a bit more vulcan now there's that's insinuated not we don't know of anything in other material that explains it the only the only other thing is that in the motion picture, Spock has left the Enterprise to go to Vulcan to finish the Colonar, which is the full purging of all emotions. But that is way after the TV show. So we know that as far as Vulcans go, Spock is more prone to emotions, which is why I don't have a big issue with this young Spock having less defenses and having less between him and his emotions. That okay. didn't bug me nearly as much as I think it will half the internet. Can two spaceships firing at each other really look like space junk? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, how do they not spot I mean, two ships firing not. at each other? Yeah, yeah I, I definitely had that written down Just as well. Shit, minerals and shit get in the way of the, you know, these like, these old D7. Oh no, we better not cruisers. clear this asteroid field. They're nowhere. They'll know where <laughs> ships. Okay, okay, I've got another question for fair, you. Fair. Can they not scan the other ship for humans and beam them off? Wait, what? No, because they had shields up. Okay. You can't transport through shields unless the script tells you you can. <laughs> and in this case, they can't. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Yeah, that would have been number one for sure. They don't even see sure. in the ship to find out like who's on the ship. I also think the ship was empty. I think it was automated. No, there were for sure Klingons on that ship. When they all just died? Oh, no, because yeah. they weren't planning to die, were they? Well, they, they were. They must have known they were going to die. Yeah, they just died with honor, I guess. I think they figured it out. I mean, they... We yeah. were they told. Plan- I thought they were planning on blowing the Klingon ship up. Yeah, that ship Klingon wasn't going to win that fight. <laughs> you know, no that's fucking true. way. That's true. No, no, no. So yeah, I think that it was, was a suicide just initiate mission. something. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that was just to, that they knew what they were doing. But the, also, if I'm understanding correctly, this ship was built in a cave. <laughs> How it's even working is a miracle. It wasn't built in the cave. No, I right? think it was. No, they, That's they didn't what build Mbenga that from scratch. Says. Mbenga said that Mbenga they built it down it. here. No. Yeah, because That's what uh-huh. he <laughs> Hundred cents, at least. That's dumb. That's so because dumb. Because well, is how like, does it have a, like, all the, the, the yes, Federation stuff? They built it in a cave with a bunch of scraps. They just found debris. 
They found Federation transponder yeah. debris or whatever. Okay. How did they know to put in like little pieces of the the parts that you need to fly out in space and be? So I, I, that, be a thousand, I'm up to a thousand <laughs> sins. I, if that's it's, what that's saying, I'm up to a thousand sins. It is. It is an old Crossfield class, so I think they just found bits and pieces and rebuilt it down there. Because Chapel is like, how did they get that down here? And Benga said, I don't I think, think they, they did. I think it. they built it. That's what he says. Yeah. Ten thousand sins. <laughs> <laughs> the longer we talk about it it's amazing so so i think that this ship should have fallen apart when it burst through the earth to yeah. come out of, it, didn't, it, it, didn't, it didn't have something where like the earth opens up like a missile like a missile silo or something that's underneath the ground it literally bursts through the ground mm-hmm. and then makes orbit and then still isn't falling apart I was absolutely under the impression that this was an actual Federation ship that they recovered somehow and then they found That's pieces to make too. it flyable. There's That's no way I they built that too. from scratch. I don't know if they built it from scratch, but they built it down there. They put it together piece How by piece. How did they fixed. get it? Let's not say built. Let's I'm say, say built. Say no, 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 no. They had to have found it as scrap rebuilt it underground because mm-hmm. it had to burst out from underground to get there. So they didn't find it down there. No, I don't think they found it down there. No, no, no. They I had think, to transport it down there. I think I think they found the bits and pieces and then, and then they collected built, them and assembled them yeah. down there. They got a big Lego set, basically. Um, I mean, you're right. what, what should have happened is that La'an should have looked up into the sky and then slowly arched downwards as it hit the deck again. <laughs> it it, it should have. On the horizon, right. credits done. Anyway. Well, hey guys, I guess this isn't a problem anymore. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't have sent a distress signal for this. Apologies, we're guys. Fine, we're Everything's fine. Good. So they built a another heap of question shit. is the idea here that in this episode they don't have any weaponry? Who doesn't? Like anyone. Just Why? weapons in general. Because Who? this whole the whole fight between Mbenga, Chapel, and every Klingon mm. is a punch yeah. fest. Nobody has mm-hmm. a, a no phaser. No disruptors, no phasers. No disruptors. It's all just so I get, why the, I get why the crew aren't carrying phasers because they're not supposed to be there. So if there's any sign of Federation weapon signatures or from Starfleet, the Klingons will know that the, the Federation are there when they shouldn't be. It doesn't explain why the Klingons don't have disruptors and saying. weapons. Yeah, they yeah. absolutely should. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't it make any confusing. sense. Like, oh my goodness. I um, I, I've got a couple of like nitpicky sins. That it was completely out of character for that Klingon to give up all of the information. Like die with honor. Like that's your thing. Yeah. Your thing is to be tortured it, every, and you enjoy every it. Klingon Heck, yeah. has that built into Heck, them. Yeah. Okay. All right. That is in there. Th- that is that is not just cultural. That is now built into their genome. Like they will. Like rather so than do get they not kidnapped, have free will. Rather than get kidnapped, they will kill themselves, or they will do. Well, they I, will... I understand culturally that's the Klingon yeah. way. I just mean, do the individual Klingons not have free will? That is, that is, that is like finding the. They do, but that's like finding the one out of ten billion Klingons, and that's okay, a so leap it is, too far. So it's argumentative. I, it's, I, I cut it. I cut that. Sentence. No, you don't. <laughs> you, yes, you could find a Klingon that this would happen to, but it is. Only good luck. The scene is then the good luck that Mbenga found yes. the one Klingon, the one Klingon willing to be submitted who's not embraced to the culture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who also happens to be part of this separatist movement. Oh. Well, it's also that very cliche thing of I will never tell you. I'll take all your teeth out. Okay, exactly. so it's over there. <laughs> I'll <laughs> you know, tell like you immediately. Yes, that was funny the first hundred times I saw it in a movie. Wasn't funny when a Klingon does it. I would. I would also send Spock making it to the beam pad before the doctors somehow. That seems stupid. Oh, did. Really? 
Well, I mean, he was there to see oh, yeah, Omega and Chapel like materialize, and then he jumps up Who there the and starts. Be? Yeah. Well, in the moment, he sees like there's people running in with like rescue-looking gear on. Oh, um, it was, oh! Mm. I just remembered the biggest sin because Ian yelled in the middle of the episode. Oh, did I? Yes, he yelled like this is how huge the sin is. <laughs> right in the middle of the episode, Ian goes, "Where's Kyle?" <laughs> Transporter Chief Kyle, where is he? Love that guy. He was he was the perfect level of sass. I loved it. That was amazing. Um, no, you're right, Danae. I think yeah, that's how did the medical team not beat Spock to the transporter it's room? It's dumb, especially yeah. since there's so many issues. You know, the transporter beam pad is like directly across the hall from yeah, exactly. Yeah, it should be the closest mm -hmm. room for sure. Um, it's almost like they should put transporters in the medical bay. Like, well, they, yeah, yeah. Like, like that would be really smart. It's wild. Um, uh, Commodore, give us a couple more. Any nitpicks? What have you got? I mean, how many more do you want? Just give me, give me them, give me them. All of them? All of them. Just All right. What have you uh, got? I've got a hundred more sins. No, you do not. And every last one of them is that stupid software timing the revelation <laughs> of Gorn, Gorn for the yeah. end of the episode. Ping, ping, ping. I was like, oh, they're going to leave us in suspense. Nope. <laughs> no, I just, I had to mention that again because yeah. it is, uh, it is unconscionable fair. to do that. It is just, it yeah. is so eye rolly. It's a weird one. It's a weird one. Here's one. Um, yeah, go for it. The Klingon at the very end. We're we're happy now because Spock and Klingon are bonding over blood wine, and yeah, the Klingon has accepted Spock and turns around. And he's like to the Vulcan, who acts nothing like a Vulcan. This is the same Klingon that was like, "I don't believe you're a Vulcan because that's just legend." It's like you don't yeah. know fucking shit about Vulcans. Shut up. <laughs> I just thought it was funny that that was the person that was. Like, yeah, An I don't expert. really believe anything about who you are. But then he's like, to the Vulcan, who's not really a Vulcan. Is that what he would say? Mm -hmm. Is that what the Klingon would say? No, that's what they want us to know about Spock. They want us to be very confident after episode one that Spock is no regular. Yeah, they're Vulcan. hanging a lantern on. Hey, guys, calm down. Calm down in the comments. We know we know what Vulcans are like. We also know that Spock isn't completely there. So I, 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 I didn't need that over explanation but i get it the internet probably does did you know that gorns are the main enemy in the <laughs> show <laughs> no who's gonna oh, sing sorry him? i was just yeah. i didn't know if either you picked up on that it happens it happens um i want to know how spock ever thought he was going to get away with this when vulcans can't lie like that you're you're deliberately subverting and lying to starfleet uh -huh. how does he even come up with this plan it's the whole at what point do you draw the line of what a lie is is it just you verbally can't do it because by stealing the ship you are lying yeah yeah, it's those kind of things are always interesting where movies play uh, legalist with their like rules and try to figure out like what the I remember there was one of the 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 new uh, Harry Potter Fantastic Beast movies where it's like, oh, we have this spell where we can't hurt each other, but we can help Talk somebody else it. hurt you. Yeah. Like, once the, the spell is meaningless. It's, and that one's especially dumb because he says, I can't even think about hurting him. Movie over. <laughs> See you later, but it then. reminds me of the same thing. It's like, yeah, well, you you can lie. You can you, be you deceitful. Can absolutely lie. Like, yeah, you can, and you yeah. will in the future. Yeah, Danae. Mm, I have a couple like just little nitpicky ones I could do Go too. Like when Chapel comes back from death, uh, he had been doing chest compressions, which are known to break ribs, especially when you're strong like Vulcan. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm assuming Vulcans are strong. They are. They actually have super strength. So I just think that when she comes to and she's like, "Why you got to be so rough?" It's like. This sin is just talking with broken ribs. Yeah. 
That should have been like just gurgling blood. Well, and then she just, immediately gets put back in a coma. It's like, yeah. wise crack in one second, on the edge of death the next. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Or, or I could do the one where Uhura goes to tell Spock that something's up. She heard something on the comms and Uhura is in, in need of assistance wherever, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of the beginning of the episode. And the door opens and she's like, did I hear music? Which is like a, obviously going to be a wink and a nod to them doing music together now. Yeah. Now I know that. Uh-huh. But what a creepy thing. What a creepy way to say, like, I was listening to you when your door right? was closed. It's kind of unprofessional as well to like Privacy? the commanding officer. No. We don't have was that porn I heard? <laughs> porn far? Like, um, she has super hearing and the door was freaking closed and he's just gently playing music and she's like, I heard you playing I music. I heard the lute. <laughs> you playing a seductive well, song? Well, you know, you know why Vulcans play the lute. Go on. Oh. <laughs> because they can have nothing to do with the lyre. <laughs> wop, wop, wop. That was pretty good, actually. Thank you. Oh, Thank that you. Was good. That was good. good. All right. Any, anything else before, Ray, before I, I do a little mini segment? Nope. So we're going to move into a tiny mini segment, which hands down, I probably won't do an intro for, but it's, hey, guess what was in the trailer, guys? The line must be drawn here this far, no farther. You will die without honor. Shut up, Wesley. Get off my bridge. So I thought this would be fun because you guys haven't seen the trailer. Oh, okay. So what moments do you think were in the trailer from, oh, from this the first episode, episode alone? Yeah. Well, my I want the cynic- ship to go, please. Yep, you know that one. Yep. So yeah. the that that sequence of hey Spock, what's your thing gonna be? You know every shit. All of that is in there, and Spock's the just like, I, conversation. I would like the ship to go now. Whole thing. I'm 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 changing my vote from liking that to not liking that now. <laughs> I, hate, I hate trailers. Yeah. I, it's it's so dumb. Um. Yeah, my cynical brain says the Klingons had to be in there somewhere. Klingons um, with Spock drinking with the Klingons is okay. in there. Okay. Yeah. The end. And cheering. The very end of the episode. Yeah. 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 We have okay. one more big thing that's in the trailer. There's a there's a Spock specific and, moment. It's Spock and Chapel's baby being born. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> that wasn't in this episode. Uh, I don't no. think those. I don't think that's the question. No. Uh, um, them floating out into space. No. You've seen the trailer. I have not. I have not. That's just the stupidest thing to put in the trailer. Like Mbenga It's pretty dramatic. Mbenga and Chapo holding each other and being jettisoned into space is in the trailer. Wow. All I got to do is put in my brain, uh-huh. what's, what is the absolute worst possible way to ruin the show? What did you put in the trailer? Like, it's just... The strangest thing. So when I said this is one of the most spoilery trailers I've idiots. ever seen, I wasn't kidding. Klingons... Make it go and then getting jettisoned into space. I was like, oh, I've seen this episode then. Great. Wild what they decided to do. Um, cool. Before we wrap up, let's just talk about your predictions really quickly. Aaron, we know, has watched the trailer and has been lying to us <laughs> because I'm, I'm a Vulcan, I can't lie. His prediction was nostalgia shot of Klingons, which we got the ship and actual Klingons. Um, uh, to be fair, I didn't think the whole episode would be Klingons. <laughs> yeah. I literally thought we would get Klingons on like a like a broadcast or yeah, something. Uh-huh. Nope. It was all the way there. Uh, your big prediction was immediate boner. Did that deliver? Oh, I'm still attracted to everybody on this ship. It's Excellent. Including Carol Kane. I, I just think everybody on the ship is beautiful. She was great. Danae, your prediction. It's all about season one of Picard. To oh, be fair, yeah. I respect a long shot. It didn't happen uh, yet. Yeah, they're going to have a baby. <laughs> That's my prediction. That's your new prediction. Yeah. Your specific one was Pike will say hit it. But he will point with his pinky, which I'm holding on to that. I hope that happens at some point. 
Yeah, that didn't happen in this at all. No. no. Amazing. Well, we will be back next week, everybody, for episode two of Strange New Worlds. And the live show on Twitch and YouTube will be Friday at 12.30-ish CT. Until next time, I'm Captain Ian, and I would like the ship to go now. Uh, it's, do you want to do this again? Again? No. <laughs> but no better choice. And may your podcast scream from me. <laughs> nice. Live long and podster. Podster. <laughs> I'm really tired. Is that like is that like the podcast podster? only version of Napster? Like no, from back in the day? That's Podster. The, that's the ripoff of this show. Live long and imposter. And live long and podster. Wow. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Perhaps I should actually go into the studio. Perhaps I should actually try to do that, Mrs. Two Minutes Late Ambassador Denae. Wait, where are they? I'm the first one here? I know that's a really annoying sound, but it's also impressive, right? Like you're kind of impressed, right? No? Fuck. Okay, now do the funny stuff. Hold on being funny. Hold on being funny. Hold, hold, hold. And go for funny. I'm going to take that as a really quick pause because I do want to do some editing shenanigans. Um, Ambassador, before we get into the good stuff, synopsisize us. I can't believe you're making me do this with that. Like, do right it. now. Do it. <laughs> Did I not see this coming right, right now? Uh-huh. Okay, in this episode, I guess we all know what we're going to have from the trans replicator. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> the trans replicator. <laughs> yeah, the amazing. trans replicator. Flyboy says trans replicator sounds like a TARDIS component. <laughs> <laughs> it actually is. It's exactly what Doctor Who uses to travel through time. Mm-hmm. Transreplar pooper. Link says, Ian, when you get back home, are you going to show us the ships you've got? Yes, oh, I am. Oh, shit. That's a really good idea. Yeah, I'm actually, I think I'm 99.9% certain I'll do a live stream unboxing, which is something I never thought I would ever do. But I have, I think, 11 ships to unbox and and fawn over and, and touch. So, yeah, are you going to call the segment Ship Happens? Ship Happens, yeah. Masturbation? Wow. (laughs) I don't think I can do that. I want to give a shout out to Sarah Superior, who actually came to the show earlier and did not watch this episode and did not want to be spoiled on it, but yet (laughs) continued to uh, to hang out with us. I hope you're okay, Sarah. But watch this on mute, I think. On mute Uh the whole time. Which I love. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's commitment. Link asks us, can we have Aaron do one of the recaps one of these days? Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> Captain has yes. spoken. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, eight says, why did the green vial fall out of the thing and onto the ground? Why was it still filled? I but did wonder had, that, but there was only but a little if bit If it left. used it all, it would have maybe lasted longer. My thought was like, really, it's so instantaneous, you can't put the vial down. Like, I mean, can we, like, <laughs> yeah. can you not prepare for that? You have to like, make a mess. Why, is, why does everybody have to break glass? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dramatic, mm-hmm. Aaron. It's drama. Alex asks, do Klingons have two livers? They have two of everything canonically, really? including two epidermises, which I found out today. Literally two of every organ. Yes, Danae, everything. Everyone. I wasn't thinking about that yet, but <laughs> does that mean that the ladies yeah. have two of everything? Oh, interesting. 
Because, you know, I, we're always just thinking how about does, men. How does biological sex work with the Klingons? Uh, I do not know. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. <laughs> I like this one, a comment from PD on YouTube that said, I can't even collect enough parts to make a complete potato head from the five <laughs> sets around my house, and they can scrap and collect enough for a full ship. Sure. <laughs> Says everyone who has ever owned a potato head. <laughs> Nick does like the boldness to explore uh, Spock's emotion. Uh, Nick says Spock with emotions is interesting, and I really like that they are being bold enough to explore this since he hasn't gone through colonar yet. Mm -hmm. Colonar, what's colonar? Colonar is the full emotional purge that Vulcans go through at some point when they reach adulthood. So it's kind of like a ceremony that they are now fully non-emotional beings. Is it BS though? I don't know. I would okay, assume like, it's I all just BS. Mean, what? I, I, yeah, like, is it like a religious thing? Like, oh no, this is like. I mean, I guess it's religious, but it, every Vulcan does it, and you can fail it. So, like, Vol, um, Spock fails his in the motion picture, which is why he goes back to Starfleet. Um, but yeah, it's it's a Vulcan thing. It's not like a. It's not a uh, something that. So like, they have a scientific thing. way to check that your emotions have been purged oh uh, no it's a ritual it's a ritual. okay so yeah. it's just believing the person that yeah i, I promise so. i have no more emotions yeah and they get observed and stuff yeah we don't we still don't know much about it what about the derpa prize merchandise listen we can't get our yeah. shit together enough to do merchandise sorry about that are we doing like a 3d scan of the derpa prize and in, in oh, this is my no. point like there's no way we can mass produce the enterprise the derpa prize because yes, we can oh i'm gonna so, figure this out it's so like structurally unsound that you just you cannot replicate or replicate that or make more of listen them. listen i need to know what you're willing to pay to own your own derpa, oh derpa prize and if let the, me if, let me if it's worth if it's worth enough i'll get a 3d printer and i will print them and three hundred dollars I, I, I will sell them to you three hundred dollars that's how much the they're point selling point for on one it. that's dipped in gold so like yeah right <laughs> hello check check hello hello does anybody want to do a show 